Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And we are back. Your host, Max Van Auken from the Max Van Auken Podcast, the MVP. And I am joined by the one, the only, Andrew Combo Salop from Combo's Court. How are you, Combo? You out here, Max. I'm doing well. Are we good? I don't think people understand how hard it is to do a podcast. Uh, the consistency behind it, I know last week my bit, my schedule was um, kind of hectic, but as far as the technicality side of things, the audio, the the editing, and the producing, Combo, you're uh, a man of many episodes. You know the struggle. Yeah, no, you know, it's uh, it's a grind, but it's a beautiful grind. It is. J. Cole once said, the beauty in the struggle, and there's ugliness in the success. Just, I was just listening to J. Cole, as you called me, the Benny the Butcher J. Cole song. Wow. Do you have a... Uh, I'm, trying to, do you I'm have... trying to revive a sport that's dying. That's what he said. I love J. Cole. He's a top five uh, favorite rapper of mine. All right, did, you... did you hear that song? Yes. Do you have a workout playlist or do you have like a J. Cole playlist? Do you have certain playlists for different not, times of your day? I'm not a big playlist guy, to be honest. I should be. It would make things uh, more convenient, but I'm just not. Like, I just like on the move, like maybe as I'm going towards the gym, I just start like maybe putting stuff together. Or, You know what's pretty cool on um, uh, like where you just your favorites radio or whatever they call it, like playlist, you know, where it just randomly gives you something you would like. I think that's pretty cool. Hmm. Technology combo technology. I think you would, I think you'd appreciate a good playlist because it could really make or break your workout. Um, maybe not even just working out just a, to start your day type of playlist. I have certain videos I watch to start my day. <coughs> I'm very, very organized with my, with the content combo. Oh, what kind of, um, videos do you watch? There's a Denzel Washington one, a Kevin Hart one, and a Kanye West one. Um, just inspirational stuff. And it just kind of keeps my, uh, my head clear when you start your day. Um, there's a lot of distractions or maybe a lot of things going on at the time, but it trying to like, it just brings me back to what my focus is day in and day out because we all think of like these long term goals or these things that we're trying to achieve, but we forget that it starts with just your every day. So if you can control how you view that day eventually those days add up to the point where you did succeed at the end of the year that you're trying to get to or whatnot but you have to approach it like a game-to-game basis right you're trying to win a championship but if you approach it by to a game-to-game basis and focus on the things you're trying to improve that helps you eventually win the championship it all starts with your day-to-day routine so it kind of just sets my tone for the day to to stay level-headed positive and focused on what i'm trying to achieve it all adds up man it does the little things but Combo, we are back. We're here. Talk Orlando Magic Basketball. Um, we have our moment of the week coming up. It's towards the second half. Well, it is the second half of the season coming towards the playoffs. There's a lot to talk about. Um, I actually was there live to watch the Kyrie Irving 41-point half, 60-point franchise record career high for Kyrie Irving. I got to speak to Kevin Durant. Um, got to talk a little bit with Kyrie. It was... um the most spectacular performance I've seen live in person. And I know that may seem hyperbolic whenever you say something like that, but I've never seen someone put on a scoring clinic like that combo. Uh, And the Orlando Magic Arena was rooting for Kyrie, which was really, like, um, strange. I don't know. I mean, I know we all root for history, but at the same time, when you have, like, a player from an (coughs) opposing team doing it to your home team, it was shocking to kind of see them root for Kyrie. Did you watch that game? I did. I did. I was well. Here's the thing. I watched it after the fact because I was actually doing a YouTube live show. 
Coach Nick of V-Ball Breakdown was actually watching it live. And I wasn't able to watch it live while we were doing the show, but I was hearing what he was saying about it and we were talking about it. But I uh, definitely went back to it after and, uh, and I watched and I tuned in. And as I always said, uh, Kyrie Irving is the most skillful player in NBA history. I actually had people like calling me up who uh, work actually within the NBA um, arguing that point with me. Or they didn't really agree with me, but you know, that's how I feel. And uh, I'm actually going to call them back today and talk more about it because <laughs> it's, some, it's something I really believe. And I feel like I didn't make all my points. So as you should, my guy back. as you should, I, and you a hundred percent, I get that. And I mean, now a lot of people are seeing what you've been saying. I think Steph Curry gets cheated out of that discussion sometimes because I think we think Well, Max, Max, how long have I been saying this for, though? Like, I didn't just say this starting yesterday. You know that. Yeah, exactly. That's why, like, I can vouch for you. I remember talking about this, and I remember I was like, I I really like Steph because I think a lot of people just credit his shooting ability, but when you look at his skillfulness. But, yeah, (laughs) Kyrie Irving has that Mamba-like approach, that artistic approach where he could – just literally, it's a blank canvas. That's what I asked about him, <coughs> him and Kevin Durant. That, that was the question I had. I said, are you guys the greatest artist duo of all time? Meaning it's a blank canvas. Every time he goes, die, you guys go down the floor, it's an unlimited amount of possibilities you could score. Now, I didn't say the greatest duo of all time, but artist duo combo. Like, greatest duo, you could say Kobe Shaq, but Shaq wasn't an artist. He's dominant. Um, you look at just like Scotty and Jordan. Scotty wasn't an so- artist. But, like, these two guys individually are artists where they can literally do anything they want with the ball when they go down the floor. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I would agree with you. So do you think Kevin Durant misunderstood the question when he said he disagreed and he just thought you meant greatest duo of all time? Or did he disagree that they were the greatest artist duo of all time? I think he took the humble approach and disagreed with the greatest artist duo because later on and he complimented. He's like, I really appreciate the compliment. Um, he was like, yeah, this is an art form. So maybe if I like, if it was a podcast and I have more time to elaborate what artist is versus do du- like greatest duo of all time, maybe he would agree. But I do think he was taking the humble route because a lot of people think of the Kobe's, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying. I don't think I, I don't think he's. Um, I, I would disagree. Taking the humble route, I think he's like a real thinker when it comes to basketball. And he's one of those guys that's always thinking or playing basketball 24-7, in my opinion. I don't know him personally, but from what I get from people who talk to him and know him and who are around him, that I think he really puts a lot of thought into everything. And he, maybe he has some duos in mind. But, I I mean, we've heard him be not – like, he's not he's not extra humble guy. Like, not in a bad way. Like, he's just going to say how he feels. Like, either way, right? Because, you know, we've heard him talk to the media today. Like, I'm Kevin Durant, you know. So I don't think he's like the type to uh, humble. I think he's the type to just be totally honest with whatever he feels, whatever his truth is, you know? Yes, yeah, that's a great point. But I'm thinking like there's no greater artist duo when you look at guys who could just literally do everything. Like I said, not greatest duo, but like Scottie Pippen wasn't an artist. Like D-Wade to me wasn't an artist. Like when you think LeBron D-Wade, you think of just the greatest duos. I mean, Joel Embiid, James Harden. Embiid's not an artist. He's dominant. But these two guys... Like, we always talk about, like, good gosh. Like, it's just – Kyrie said, Kevin Durant can do everything I do. He's just, like, seven foot. So, it's like you have two guys finish left and right hand, off the dribble, pull-ups, um, unlimited amount of – like, endless amount of range. Just they, – they can literally do everything you would want a 2K player to do offensively. It's just ridiculous. And and then they put it on, like, 
we look at Kyrie Irving's 60-point performance, obviously he was the story of the night, as he should be. But the night before that, Kevin Durant had 50-plus points, and that's the first <coughs> time ever combo that two teammates go back-to-back 50-plus points. Yeah, I mean, they are incredible, and I see your point about I mean, they're definitely artists of the game, and they – you know, as he said in your interview, like that's how they look at the game and that's how they approach the game as an art form. And uh, they're always working on your craft. Like now, I mean, I mean, Kevin Durant's making those like one leg shots without the dribble. I mean, but that's something he works on all the time. So a lot of it doesn't even surprise me anymore when it comes to uh, KD and uh, Kyrie. Obviously, he just has so many options as an offensive player. Yeah, and um, they're so efficient. On all three levels, you know. Greatest by under the rim finisher ever. Greatest by handle ever. Um, not a uh, 50, 40, 90 guy. Um, and he, he, you know how like Harden gets into a step back and Durant gets into a hezzy pull and that's kind of like their go-to moves. Like Kyrie has all those at a patent level, which is pretty crazy. I mean, you can only score two to three points at a time every time down the court. So you don't need all those moves all the time. But it's just insane the amount of options at a patent level he has. Right. Yeah, and they're just – he's so efficient and, like, so smart. Um, I think uh, – yeah, he just understands it. He just is – he's always one step ahead, both players. But um, as far as the Orlando Magic goes, um, Suggs was out. He uh, tweaked his ankle. Um, Cole Anthony, it's I feel like watching him live combo, obviously we always keep talking about the process and developing and the culture – he is a type of player where one night you're like, that's the Cole Anthony that we want to see. And then there's another, it's like, there's no in between or the next night he completely struggles multiple air balls and it's an ugly performance. And I'm not bashing Cole Anthony cause he's a really good player, but the inconsistency is expected from a young player, but there's no in between. So as a coach or as a teammate, how do you approach, or even just as Cole Anthony himself, how do you approach the game from someone who played such as yourself how do you approach the game where you find more of a middle ground so you don't have such the highs and lows and it's more of the Tim Duncan approach? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tim Duncan is the most exaggerated example of that. But, you know, as you said, you kind of answered it. After a great game, you can't get too high. And after a bad game, you can't get too low and try and stay even keeled. And I'd be interested to see what his uh, father is telling him because he's an NBA veteran himself. And uh, Cole seems to have, you know, good teammates around him. And, Obviously, he comes from an NBA family with his dad um, being a veteran. So I'm sure he'll get it together and become more consistent over the course of his career. Now, you said this, and I I 100% agree. I went and tweeted this. I think Wendell Carter Jr. has been the best Orlando Magic player. And he's really underrated because he's like, right, he's not flashy. It's not a right now it's a guard dominated league besides, I mean, obviously, that's what I love about the MVP race with Jokic. Giannis and Embiid just the three like bigs and I know Giannis is more of that dual forward um but Wendell Carter Jr. to me not only is the most efficient and the most impactful Orlando Magic player he's just simply the best Orlando Magic player he's is he the type of guy though you don't necessarily want to build around but you're you're glad that you have him right yeah I would agree with that I don't think he's the guy you build around um we got to see where I think Franz is a guy that there's a good chance you might be able to build around in the future. We got to see what steps he takes forward because his ceiling is super high and he probably has the highest ceiling on that team. Um, even though he was kind of thought of like a high floor guy coming into the NBA, but man, he just showed so much more. And I see some, you know, flashes of him shooting threes off the dribble sometimes. Um, that's something that he needs to get better at eventually. 
but I think he's a guy that you could possibly build around. But of course, you're going to probably need to try and uh, bring in one more star, even though, you know, that's tough in a small market like Orlando, but it's something that they, uh, that they should look into and also building through the draft because they're going to probably have a great draft pick this year after losing all these games. That's actually my next topic I want to talk to you about. So March Madness is here. The draft coming up, obviously, eventually. Uh, has anything changed for you or your opinion on who would be the best fit with Orlando if they if they had like just any pick that they want? Say they're the number one overall pick. Is there a guy to you that's just locked in, this is who the Magic need to get? Well, yeah, I would just take a best available. And the guy who's best available, in my opinion, is Chet because of how high his ceiling is and his upside. And, you know, Magic have like a little bit at every position when everybody's healthy. So you, you definitely really don't want to go with, uh, you know, I, well, first of all, I don't think you ever go with fit when it's, you're the, going with the number one, number one overall pick or something like that, or even two or three. And Magic are kind of, kind of like balanced. Like they're not great at every position, but they're not bad either. You know, they got a little bit of depth at every position. So I would go with uh, Chet Holmgren. Personally, for Chet, I would like to see him play in OKC because that's a team with a lot of talent, and um, they just lack that rim protection that Chet could provide, and he'd just be fun to watch them play with, and I think he would take them out of tank mode. Like That's a team I see him going, like being the best fit for, but if I'm Orlando, I'm taking him uh, with the number one pick. Now, Coach Mosley defensively before this Brooklyn <coughs> before this Brooklyn game, I know that for sure. They were the first ranked defensively since All Star break. So clearly, defense has been a matter of focus for them. Uh, what is the defensive potential going forward? Um, not even just for the rest of the season, but like next season when you have like Jonathan Isaac who comes back, who's crazy lengthy, uh, Mo Bamba. If you get Chet Holgram in the paint. And then you have these really quick, fast twitch guards, Markel Foltz back. Is this a dominant defensive team in the future? I don't know about dominant, but they're not good enough offensively to hang their hat on that. And a lot of defense comes down to IQ. What you decide to take away from the other team, because you can't take away everything. So a lot of it is scheme, IQ, um, camaraderie, and um, focus, obviously, and effort, of course. But, you know, they're not great offensively. So it makes sense that Mosley wants to really try and have his team hang their hat on defense. Right. Uh, Combo, before we get into the rest of the league, our moment of the week, do you have anything left for the Orlando Magic? The moment of the week? I said you, uh, before we get into the moment of the week, is that um, anything, any points you want to touch on about the Orlando Magic? I mean, I mean it is what it is. This team isn't good. They're looking towards the uh, – towards the draft and um, we'll see who they get there. There's like four guys hanging around the top who uh, hopefully they can get one of them. Right. I think Jaden Ivy might be a little bit weird fit there. Cause like the guard position with the guys that, you know, as I said, there's depth at every position, but you know, we got Suggs and Markel Fultz and even more than that. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know, man. I don't really know what to say about the Magic. They're not very good right now, to be totally honest. I know we're on the Magic podcast, but I guess they got to just continue to develop and, uh, and you know, improve. Right. No, a good way to not beat around the bush. It's true. They need to get better. <laughs> you need to win. 
Um, and you need to win now. Now that's why I said the best ver- the best tactic, best approach to not being a bad team is to just win. I just I don't like tanking. I don't like the the rebuild. Just go out and try your hardest and win. I know that seems easier said than done, but I like that approach. Combo. The rest of the league has been crazy every single week. It's every single day. It seems like someone's scoring fifty points. You got LeBron James doing it twice. I got to talk to Carl Anthony Towns. He scores that much, and then Kyrie Irving just goes for sixty. The league is just absolutely lighting it up. Um. What have you made of it? Is it just because the game is that direction now where everyone can score? Is it a little bit just because of how skilled everybody is now? What do you make of all these 50-point performances? I thought uh, Coach Nick, when I was talking to him on the, you know, either it was my podcast or on the, um, on his live show, that, you know, we're kind of in the point of a season where defense is probably not at its best as teams are gearing towards the playoffs. Right. So I think defenses are not at their best right now. So that's part of the reason why players are able to get these kind of scoring outputs. But on top of that, I mean, the skill level of the league is just insane. And these top players are, you know, getting more and more skilled than ever. I mean, you could argue if they're better or not. That's a whole other conversation. But the skill level is just crazy. I mean, you even see Cat, who's not, you know, he's not in the MVP race. He's not considered the best big in the world. But to have a big that's not considered on that tier and to be that skilled is kind of crazy because, man, he can shoot the three, he can post up, he can pass, um, he's mobile. And it's just crazy to see where this league is. But it's uh, a lot of interesting performances. We've seen Kai, we've seen KD, we've seen Cat, we've seen LeBron, uh, Tatum. So it's just amazing to see, and I love it. Right. Uh, that being said, Combo, this is like my favorite part of our show. Uh, the moment of the week. There's been a lot of them. Uh, I believe last time I went first, so the floor is yours. Tom Brady comes out of retirement because nobody <sighs> was talking about that before we were. Remember I asked you that right when right when he retired? Mm-hmm. We talked about that. So, uh, yeah, that's my moment of the week, Tom Brady. Um coming out of retirement and uh i'm gonna add one more uh the kd ceremony was big time that was great to see him and ray allen you know chop it up and uh hopefully bury the hatchet for good so uh or maybe it was already buried but it was good to see them uh, together and embraced yeah i don't think i could do better than those two that was like historically we'll always remember those moments tom brady surprised me because he's such a calculated guy maybe this was part of his calculated plan all along uh, a lot of people just think hey he retired he kind of saw that you know giselle's doing her thing obviously because she has her successful career his kids are getting older so you know what i still can i'm still good at football this is what i love to do why not just kind of what did lebron say you squeeze the orange get as much juice out of it as possible and he obviously increases the tampa bay's buccaneers of winning a super bowl odds but yeah that was a great moment of the week and it just surprised everybody i remember i was um, actually down in miami and i just looked at the new like the screen and all of a sudden just said breaking tom brady posts coming out of retirement i'm like no way but my moment of the week it just selfishly has to be Kyrie Irving scoring 60 points because I've just never seen anything like that up close and personal. And to do it on an NBA level, and I remember he started off the game combo like 6 for 6, <coughs> like 7 for 7. I was like, good gosh, he is not missing. And then he just kept shooting and kept making and off of double teams, triple teams, coming off the like just curling, fading threes. I'm like, yeah, this guy is on fire. And then at one point he had like 23 left. And so much left on the clock at the second quarter. I'm like, wow, he 
he could have a big night. And then he just kept going. It was 41 at one half. And I was like, this is just outrageous. I've never seen a 41-point half. It was like the fourth most of all time in a half. Um, I think Zach Levine and Kobe, uh, I think a Clay Thompson, something like that, a D-Book had something like that. It was just unreal. So that was my moment of the week combo. And we got a lot to look forward to as the playoffs come right around. Yeah, I'm excited for it. And uh, hopefully Orlando could win some games and get a great lottery pick at the same time. I know those don't always go hand in hand, but uh, that's what I'm hoping for, for the magic. And um, just want to continue to see them improve after a couple setbacks lately. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And uh, I think their future is exciting. It is. It really is. You have a bunch of young players developing, like you said, a really good pick in the draft and, these are the hard times that you have to push through. I think they they can. It's just all about if they do the right, make the right choices with the pieces they have. But combo, you're notorious for your famous outro. I'm gonna pass the ball to you and I'll let you hit the game winner. Well, thanks, Max. You could catch Max on Instagram at Max underscore Van underscore Austin. That's M A X underscore V A N underscore A U K E N. You catch me on Instagram at one two combo. That's O N E T W O C O M B O. Catch myself. At Combo's Court, same name as my podcast, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. And you could catch Max on Twitter, Max underscore Van underscore Aukin. I spelled that out for you already. And subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to the MVP, and subscribe to Combo's Court podcast. Both those podcasts and this one as well can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. You do it better every time, Combo. Until next time, we are going to talk soon. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.